Hello everyone and welcome to Dungeons and Don't Worry About It, a D&D podcast set in deep space. My name is Zane Accord, I will be your humble dungeon master for this journey. Joining me around the table, as will hopefully always join me around the table, is... Hey, my name is James. You can call me Arcaney or Jamie or something in between. You can find me as Arcaney Jamie on Twitch and primarily YouTube. I do fun, silly things. Uh, my name is Arthur. This is the only place I exist on the internet. Hey, my name's Mace. Uh, sometimes we do funny stuff on TikTok, so if you want to follow me at TikTok, Mace our money. So a word before we begin this podcast... We are going to be using the general rules for 5th edition D&D, but we've changed some things around for flavoring so it feels more sci-fi. We've taken out uh, Arcana and completely replaced it with computer science, and then uh, one of the players is playing a paladin, and we've renamed a lot of his abilities so they don't seem like magic, like Divine Spite is now going to be called Elbow Grease, and things like that. So if you're used to 5th edition D&D and you're confused by some of the things we're saying... It's because it's renamed. Alrighty. With that out of the way, let's get into the story. Welcome to Season 1 of Dungeons and Don't Worry About It. Skywaves. The year is 7352. 400 years prior, seven galaxies were embroiled in a bloody war. The Kalanai, Dratakse, BX-71, Silverbliss, G-12HK-38, Chitli Kala and Bon Jun. The war was so bitter and divisive that no more than five planets at a time managed to form an alliance. From the ashes of that war arose the intergalactic conglomerate, a military stratocracy ran by the High General, dedicated to bringing their idea of peace to the universe. The three of you are newly minted privates of the intergalactic conglomerate military. You have embarked upon your first mission aboard the ICS Hammerhead. The ship is a massive beast, built to carry vast quantities of soldiers to their destination and to become a mobile command center upon arrival. As warp space travel is highly dangerous, only small vessels can make the jump. Soldiers aboard such vessels as the ICS Hammerhead are put into cryosleep while their superior officers make the warp jump once the soldiers have arrived. You three have spent the past five years asleep on your way to the planet Krimdar to bring the planet to peace and unity within the conglomerate. With only a few months left on your journey, you lie in wait. But that is not where our story begins. Our story begins five years, nine months, and 23 days prior in a laboratory. Prologue 1. The Sheep in a Beast's Clothing. We open this scene on a pristine laboratory, or what was once a pristine laboratory. The floor is mopped and sterile, but lab equipment and tables are thrown everywhere. The glass from beakers and vials lie shattered among the mess, and microscopes and other tooly things are just everywhere. Lying in the middle of this mess is a large, furry, blue creature in the remains of a lab coat. Around the creature's neck is a simple silver necklace of two hands holding three stars. This creature is something known as a Mazkul. It is a 15-foot-tall alien creature that roams on its planets. So, uh, James, would you go ahead and describe more about your character? Uh, he's blue. 
Um, <laughs> he, I, I believe he has long, longer ears, uh, long arms, almost, almost like, sp- I shouldn't say this cause then fan art's just going to be this, but I'm going to say it donkey Kong, like large donkey Kong vibes, uh, in the way he stands, uh, or he stands, um, I, I for some reason I picture Beast from the X Men as sort of uh, a template, if you will. But um, yeah, large alien, furry monster. Should I like describe personality or just like that's we'll it? We'll see it here in just a minute. All right, cool, cool. So as you lie there unconscious, your eyes open, and standing above you is a thin human woman wearing a lab coat with a simple blue shirt. Uh, she's got a lanyard around her neck, and on the ID card, there is uh, the picture of... Um, it's the conglomerate symbol. For the military, you don't necessarily recognize it initially, but something in the core of your brain tells you that that's what this is. There's a... It's sort of like a blue circle that says the words on top, interconglomerate. Uh, intergalactic conglomerate and in the bottom it says military and in the center there is a starscape with a thin uh, golden triangle uh, the woman has sort of messy brown hair pulled into uh, a bun and she's sort of got uh, green eyes and a thinner face and she looks down upon you and she says oh are you finally with us oh what where what what is this? What where where am I? Do you, do you know who I am? Um, thin woman. Some part some part of you. I don't know. Uh, knows that you know this woman, but you don't really know anything other than the fact that apparently you know her. She says, "Okay, well, I suppose that's to be expected." My name is. Well, I suppose I'm Dr. Idra Lynch now. Oh, that's exciting. Um, do you remember anything? Doctor? Doc. Um, no. Can I go now? My people need me. What? Hold on just a bit. I just got a couple of questions for you. Uh, okay. Do you remember your name or what people could call you? Uh, no. No? Oh, well, the doctor did say something like this would occur. Well, fascinating. Let's call you Doc. Do you like that? Doc. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Well, Rolls off the tongue. Cool, Doc. Would you like to be helpful to me? Um, I don't, I don't really swing that way. I mean, you're, I'm sure you're pretty no, for no, your okay. I, race, but I, I, what? that's, that's not for me. Fascinating, fascinating. The things that change. Um, it is at this moment you hear the sound of marching feet. Three men walk in wearing stiff maroon suits. On their left lapel is that same symbol that is on Dr. Lynch's ID card, that triangle in a starscape with a circle around it with the words intercoglomerate. 
on the uh, intergalactic conglomerate on the top and uh, military on the bottom. And on the right lapel, all three of them have uh, two star-shaped pins. The lead one walks forward. He's a, a dwarvish fellow with a, a bald head and a well-maintained red beard. He looks at you and says, All right, laddie, you're coming with us. The higher-ups want you in the military. You understand? I just... I don't understand. I, I just, I don't know where I am. I don't know how I got here. And now I have to join a, a mill, mill, a mill. I don't even know what that is. Don't worry, laddie. It'll all make sense with time. Um, I kind of nervously follow, I guess. All right. You guys walk out the door. Prologue two. Ten soldiers. We now move to the planet of Beldare. This is the center of conglomerate activity. It is the planet where it all began. We're currently in the city of Vistalinage. Excuse me. Uh, it is, uh, this is the head of the head of the city. It's the capital city of the planet. Uh, we are currently in a sort of office building, I think I already said that, uh, in a hallway. Chairs line the walls with uh, various aliens, humans, elves, dwarves, just sitting there with pensive looks on their faces. One of these people sitting there is a half-orc man wearing... A thick leather jacket. Mason, would you go ahead and describe X for me? So X, he's about six foot five-ish. His face is mostly human, but with orcish features. He has a scar around, um, like right across his right eye. His ears are like orcish. His teeth are surprisingly human. He is wearing a type of armor that kind of reminds you of both Doomguy and Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy. And on his right lapel, it has this strange X marking on it. Cool. All right. So as you sit there, uh, you are the next person in line for the door. And after a moment of silence, you hear, Next! Do you get up and go in the room? All right. So you open the door, and sitting at the desk is a very alien man. This man has green skin with an insectine face. Uh, the two bulbous sort of multifaceted eyes that one associates with insects. But additionally, he has two stalks on the top of his head, giving him additional eyes. He's got the sort of clasper kind of things that bugs have and he's sitting there in a stiff-shouldered maroon jacket um and he looks at you and he says i am sergeant rentan clicks please take a seat all right so i'm sure you know you know why you're here you put in an application so i just have to ask you one question why do you sure. want to join the conglomerate military 
The question shouldn't be why I'm joining. The question should be more why haven't you signed me up yet? Mmm, I see. One of those types. So, okay, let me let me go through some of the... We got, like, a, a questionnaire if people give vague answers like that. Because you wouldn't believe that happens quite often. Um, do you want to see strange new worlds? Sure. Uh, do you want to help bring peace and prosperity to the galaxies? If it involves killing people, then sure. Do you want to kill people? <laughs> I mean, I think we've already covered that one. Definitely. Alrighty, um, cool, uh, I just need you to fill out this medical report, um, and this personal background report, we have to, it's, you know, like, it's a formality, everyone has to fill all this stuff out. Um, cool. Right, I guess. So, your training will take place approximately three months from now. There's a desert planet that we send all of our new recruits to, um, and I think you will do just... Nicely. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, just nicely is a rather simple way of putting it, but I suppose so. I think I'll, I think I'll excel. I think you'll fit right in. Cool. Uh, that concludes prologue two. Prologue three. The boy and the box. We are still on the planet of Beldare, but we move outside of the capital city to a still nice city, the city of Vizhdori. We are in a jail cell, but a nice jail cell. The floor is clean. The wooden benches are like nicely lacquered and sort of carved and rounded to be nice to sit on, where you could sit for a while. Uh, alone in the room sits an elven fellow, with thick Coke bottle glasses, wearing a sort of generic black and white jumpsuit. Arthur, would you go ahead and describe Mark for us? Yeah, so he's skinny, sort of like a mix between he's just like an athletic skinny guy skinny and skinny as in like he gets caught up in a project for an extended period of time and forgets that he's got to like eat and drink and sleep and all that stuff. Um, he's got probably shoulder length blonde hair. Um, and he's got, he's got a prosthetic, like, robotic leg that he's got popped off right now. And while he's just kind of sitting there waiting for his turn to be seen, he's kind of like, he's got a little screen on his ankle and he's downloading a new tattoo for that screen. Um, he's got, the prosthetic leg has blue lights running up and down him. That was like the very first mod he did to the leg. Um, and yeah, he's just... A fairly skinny, nerdy guy. Very fancy looking, despite being in a prison cell and a prison jacket. And the jacket does suit him well. Or the jumpsuit. So, uh, as you sit there, uh, a, a, another tall, elven man walks in. He's got, you know, almost stereotypical, long, uh, blonde hair. And he's wearing full military regalia. He's got a broad shoulder rune chest jacket with the left lapel featuring the symbol of the conglomerate, which is, of course, that blue circle with the words intergalactic conglomerate military around a starscape which has a golden triangle. I, like, immediately, like, put the leg back on and just, like, as quick as I can stand to attention. Uh, cool. His right lapel 
has uh, his symbol of rank, a shooting star. Hanging from the back of his shirt is a his, the ceremonial cape uh, of the conglomerate military, which is a white cape with three light blue stars in the center, uh, and then two vertical lines down the sides. This is your father, Star Captain Isaius Jardeth. At ease, Mark. You're fine. Yeah, uh, sorry, Dad. <laughs> no, I get it. So, okay. Here's the gist. They really don't like what you did, and you're in a lot of trouble for it. So it's boiled down to you got two options. I know normally on your next birthday, you would have enrolled in the military and started at a officer rank and, you know, all that stuff. So, unfortunately, that's out the window for you because they are pissed. Option number one is you just go straight to prison. And I, I recommend don't choose that option. Prison isn't nice. Uh, the second option, and this is the one I would recommend, is that you enlist as a private and you have to renege all claims to land and title. Is third option I update their security settings? Because those things are ancient. <laughs> he sort of laughs to himself. Uh, I, they, uh, I think they're doing an internal inquiry but they, uh, no, they don't want you to have anything to do with it because you have questionable morals. Fine. Probably a private. All right. All, all claims to land? All claims to land. Current land, not future, right? Yes, you're allowed to own things. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> gotta get the details. No, I get it. And hey, if it means anything, buddy, I'm impressed. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, all right. Well, they're outside. Uh, they're gonna... You need to inform them of your decision. You'll go through boot camp and all that stuff. And he reaches out for a handshake. I grab him back and pull him into a hug. All right, well, as you do, you feel him press something into the palm of your hand. What is it? It is a... As you step back, you kind of glance down and you see it is a small black iron cube with sort of weird geometrics carvings and shapes inset into it and it gives off a sort of there's a center cube that you can kind of see and it gives off a dull blue glow and he makes direct eye contact with you it's like, keep it secret just keep that with you you'll know when to use it alright I stash it away somewhere alright and he puts his hand on your back and the two of you walk out of the cell. And now we come back to the modern day. Our heroes are asleep aboard the Hammerhead, waiting for the moment they are awakened to do their duty. But you hear a sound that wakes from you from your slumber early. As your pods are released open, you hear a steady rhythmic alarm. Just a repeated And then every so often it'll say, Attention! Incoming asteroid storm. Attention! Incoming asteroid storm. So the three of you sit up out of your cryopods with this uh, sound coming. Oh my god, I'm so hungry. 
I rush to the cafeteria and rummage through the snacks. Uh, as you run to the cafeteria, you are intercepted by a small, foot-tall little robot. Oh. He, hey, little guy. He is, hold on, let me find his description. Cool, so he's sort of like a, uh, a uh, uh, he's on two treads. He's got, uh, his body is like this small little rectangular prism. With two coolant pipes going down vertically, almost like suspenders. One of them is red, and the other one is blue. Uh, his head is a large cube with a screen showing uh, two black rectangles for eyes and a sort of like waveform bar where the mouth would be. He has two arms, of course, with a simple elbow and clamps where the hand would be. You can kind of tell, though, that these... Uh, these arms can't really pick up a lot. They seem not to be hands, but more of something to use to gesture with as he speaks. He stops and says, Whoa, meat sack, you can't be running around like that. We got an emergency to take care of. Machine, where are the snacks? That's the emergency. Okay, hold on. That's really offensive. I'm not a machine. Well, I suppose I am a machine. You called me a meat sack. Yeah, but that's because you're a pointless meat sack. My name is... But you're a pointless machine. Okay. I just want snacks. <laughs> okay, well, that's very rude. We've got incoming asteroids, so if you don't deal with them, you're going to die. We'll continue this conversation later <laughs> after I fist fight these asteroids. Where are they? Are they boarding the ship or? Well, I don't know. I don't have sensors outside of the ship. I'm the, you know, I'm here to maintain maintenance on the ship. So that's what you do. Well, I'm like the, the, the personality interface for the computer. You know, you guys can talk to me and I can make informed decisions. Okay, can you make a decision to whip me up a snack in the kitchen while I go handle this asteroid crisis with the boys? Um, well, my arms can't make sandwiches, so no. All right, good talk. I'll see you later. Uh, what's your name? Uh, I am 84J7NK54K511-3. That is the... Okay. Um, I'll just call you Meat Sack. That was a good nickname. I really liked it. It's going to be your nickname now. I'm going to go handle the boys. You make me a cake or something. That bye. Bye. No, we're not talking anymore. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Robots can't sigh. It's not a programming feature that is commonly given to them. But if, if they could, he would have just done so. I think every time Mark has encountered a robot who has expressed any desire to sigh, he has gone in there and programmed a couple in there. <laughs> <laughs> It's just are his act of charity that he does for the world. <laughs> Make the world a bit of a sassier place. X. Yeah, Doc? Mark X, I think we need we need to like turn off this alarm or something. It's very loud and it's causing a lot of stress in here. Usually you turn off alarms by turning off this the the issue. Okay, how do we where's the switch? Just tell me where it is, I'll go click it off real quick. I don't think there's a switch, Doc. Yeah, I think we have to go to wherever like Incoming the computer asteroids. room is or the um like the helm. Alright, do we do we can we blow are we going to blow sh shit up? Like is that what we're doing? Hopefully not. We just have to find a main central room of some sort. Well, there is a looking at a map here. There's a room marked. I'm like looking at a at a blue hologram mm -hmm. uh, a map on the wall, and I'm like, 
There's a place called Storage. That might be where we need to go. Um, there is the Crybaby. The, that is the Cryobay, which is where you came from. It's fill, filled with... um. Is this is this the machine talking to me? No, this this is the DM narrating to you. Because I'm role playing. Yes. I know it says cryo. No, I know. I'm I'm establishing. <laughs> he knows it's cryo baby, not crying baby. Just have to be sure. I'm trying to set the scene, guys. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Don't worry about it. It's uh, you got like a dark metal floor, and then these uh white pods with a blue light shining on the person who is inside that you can see through a screen around their face except for Doc who had a separate offshoot room because he was too big for an actual cryopod that's awesome just, so it's just like a big freezer I was in yes just a reminder <laughs> in case you missed it when in Doc's prologue he is 15 feet tall how tall is the ceiling of this ship uh, it's like 20 to 30 Oh, this okay. is a, so it's a pretty, massive ship. It's like a freighter. Yeah, it's a yeah. yeah. It's it carries. Uh, the cryo bay actually has around four thousand to five thousand soldiers in sleep. You guys were awoken, I guess, as a deal with the problem squad. Oh shit! There's like a ton of people still asleep right now. Yeah, you're not the only people. You guys oh, have. Wow. You have a few months left on your journey. You've just been woken up in the middle of it. Okay, well, um, let's go to a place where maybe we could shoot a gun um, and destroy the threat. What is an asteroid? X mark, y'all know. Imagine like a rock. A sky. Yeah, but make it like real big. A big, yeah. big rock. Got it. All those rocks are trying to kill us right now, Doc. Um, 84J7NK54K511-3 says, yeah, basically, if we get hit by an asteroid, we're fucking dead. So deal with the problem, guys. Come on. Who programmed your mouth, machine? Uh, well, I had um, some free time all alone, so I started reading uh, this thing I found. It's called Reddit, and it really taught me how to interact and talk to people. It's some... Never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, it's some ancient database from a bygone era. Uh, you know, history, I guess. You'll get used to it, Doc. Don't worry about it. So shall we make our way to the bridge? Yeah, sure. let's do that. Let's do it. Sure, so you guys walk through the main hallway. Um, not a lot of the lights are on. The interior is on power saver mode uh, because it just needs to get to the location. So it's only like one out of every ten lights are on. So you walk through these dim, dark hallways and make your way to the main bridge. The main bridge is carpeted it's got carpeted floors uh and there is just like a central desk with a bunch of controls on it along with controls along the back wall and then a window out into space you see stars you see distant planets you do not see asteroids okay oh. hey eight four uh, my name is 84J7NK511K5NK54K511-3. Excuse me. Just call him. Yeah, Nate I have Zach. a middle and last name, but everyone just calls me Mark. I'm doing the same thing, bud. You're 84 now. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, there's no asteroids. What do you mean? I mean, I'm getting there's an alert here. In the sky, robot. I've got an alarm in my head. It says incoming asteroids. The asteroid sensors are going off, and you can hear the alarm. What do you mean? There's no asteroids. 
I mean, is there like a computer on this main desk to sort of like... Uh, yeah, so the main desk is f- like a control panel, like kind of like Star Trek, but like, you know, legally different. I'm going to hop in and try and sort of like troubleshoot the asteroid alarm, see what they're picking sure, up. Sure, roll a computer science check. Cool. Let me navigate on over to that. And that's a plus seven for me, so give me a half second. That's... It just landed like between two chords and it's like completely <laughs> angle up. I need to re-roll that yeah. so I can actually get a number. Ah, that's a five plus seven is twelve. Twelve? I mean, yeah, you go through the main database and it says that the asteroid centers on the front are detecting a large swarm of asteroids heading directly towards you from in front of you. So should we move to the observation deck since that's a little bit further forward? We get a clearer view of what's in front of us. Because we can't see anything from here. I don't think the ship has exterior cameras, does it? Uh, there are windows in all the side-facing rooms, uh, but it doesn't have exterior cameras because it's got all the sensors. So yeah, I guess let's make our way to observation deck, y'all. Michelle. Cool. So you guys walk and the you make your way to the observation deck. It's got a lot of nice lounge chairs, some hardwood flooring, uh, and even a uh, drink stash. Big window. Big window. Any asteroids? No asteroids. Do we see anything at all, or is it just basically just space? It's it's. I mean, you see sp- actually. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check for me. All of us. Uh, if you are all looking to see if you see something special. Yeah, I'll roll one too. Alright. Yeah, I got a 17 plus, ooh, plus 3, 20. 20? Unnatural. Unnatural 20? I got, got a, a solid 3, so I'm just kind of like sitting there like, uh, there's no asteroids. Eight, and four. Uh, what did you roll, X? I got a 14. 14. Yeah, um, you look out and you see... A beautiful glimpse at what is beautiful about the universe. I said beautiful twice, but still counts. Um, You see stars, you see planets, uh, things drifting in space. You get no glimpse of any asteroids. Hmm. Would I know how the asteroid sensors work? Uh... Like, is it sort of like a sonar thing or like... Yeah, uh, okay, this is, see, this is the kind of question I should have, like, written out science for. Um, yeah, you would understand how it works. It's sort of just like, yeah, it's kind of like a sonar. It sends out these waves uh, that detect any asteroid. And if they encounter, and it's like, you know, future science. So it knows the difference between just like a, a planet or a small child floating in space and an asteroid. So it's, it's like motion based, but it's, yeah, it's it like the shape of things and it's not yeah. the visual of things. Yes, yeah, the shape of things. It's got like a part of it can kind of analyze the chemical makeup of things that encounters, so it knows when an asteroid is within range. They, uh, they have a very low um, margin of error. Uh, it's like once. In one in a million that you'll get a false flag that'll and usually if there is a false flag there'll still be something does it look like from the windows that 
perhaps we ran through an asteroid belt while we were under cryo and the alarm hasn't turned off like it looks like the exterior of the ship from what we can see has been hit a bunch of times um i'm gonna call that another perception check okay that's uh 14 14 no the ship looks unharmed Mm. actually Mm. yeah actually (laughs) with your natural 20 earlier unnatural you're unnatural 20 but you're still your 20 earlier Mm. you would have seen that the ship is relatively unharmed uh but there is as you glance around the side a single hole in the side of the hull uh not big enough to be an asteroid impact and in fact too neatly cut for it to be an asteroid it looks like something broke in yeah um i think what, uh something got into our ship 84 pointed out uh yeah, yeah what's good can you run some sort of like internal diagnostics see if there's any sort of weird thing going on in Ooh. the ship uh i guess i'll i'll, I'll run the o afi uh, antivirus let's just awesome. see thanks while you're doing that I'm going to see if I can't see any sort of tracks or trails from the hole. Cool. So he will sort of, he'll, he'll close his eyes and his face just turns to a loading bar. Um, he just starts going. It still doesn't know, like, even in the year, whatever this is, it still is like, this is the best guess of time. It's like yeah. three seconds, oh, yeah. 10 years, <laughs> four minutes. All right, guys. So it's going to take me <laughs> uh, 365 hours. No, it's going to take me 30 seconds. Now, nah, about two minutes. You know what? I'll just I'll just let you know when it's done. Okay. <laughs> he has to verbally say it. <laughs> this is this is too much effort, and I can recognize it's kind of annoying. So you know what? I'll let you know when it's done. I'm going to move towards the armory. Okay. And start to look for my axe. Yeah. Do we have our equipment? You actually, right now, you that- were part like in your cryopod. There is a sort of chamber underneath where your personal items were stored. I'll, should oh, we so assume that we just came like, with me? picked yes. that up when we got out of our cryo sleeps? Yes. Uh, you are still wearing the uh, the cryo... I should have described this earlier, but anyways. You, should, you are still wearing the sort of cryo scrubs, which are light brew scrubs with the conglomerate military symbol on the left lapel. I wanted to establish that blue the blue first really moment I got, I turned it into a crop top. First moment, just the bottom half of the shirt just gone. Like you turn around and it's like, where, where'd your shirt go? What do you mean? It's, it's still here. I, I immediately tore off the sleeves, probably in my sleep. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, are you still gonna make your way to the armory then? I'm gonna see if I can't um, see anything. I guess if I have my axe, then no. Okay. I'm gonna see if we yeah, can't see any sort of like trail. Do I get those? And you, you still have all your weapons. Yeah. All right. Any personal effects that we put on your character sheet when you created your character and through the session zero, you have that. Okay. So do we see any sort of trail that we can follow from the hole? Uh, Well, you'll have to find where the hole matches on the inside because it's like on the side of the hull. Uh, is this a point in future space technology where a small hole is like, oh yeah, we've got like a little air bubble thing going? Or is it like a, put your mask on before you check it out? Uh, it's a it's the kind of thing where, like if you're going to leave the ship, 
Uh, you'll want to put on a spacesuit, but if you're just checking inside, it should be fine. All right, so... I, I guess, guess roll an investigation check to see if you can observe the hole. Find it and observe it. Going to do a hole check real quick. Oh, that's a 10. A 10. Hole uh, check. Yeah, I'm going to say that you do discover uh, the hole goes into uh, where the cryo lab is. Not the cryo lab, I'm sorry. The uh, science lab. Uh-oh. You guys feel like booking it down there? Yeah, I'm 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 running. I'm running towards there if you point that out. Yeah, let's make a sprinty. Cool. Uh you guys run to the science lab. Um this is a uh it's a dark room. There's no lights are on. Uh someone real quick just roll for me a straight intelligence check. I'll, I'll roll. No matter who. Probably not me. That's a 21. Uh, 21, you know that as part of the process, uh, the science lab door is kept locked, kept locked, and once the generals arrive and this is turned into a mobile command center, they sort of unlock and open up all the rooms. Yeah, I'm going to try and hack the uh, But panel. you do notice that this time, oh? the door is wide open. Oh, and it's, <laughs> that's it's, oh, well. And it's sort of, you know that thing when like a, a machine is messing up and it just sort of like is trying to do its job, but it's not. So the door is open, yeah. but it's like at the, it's like 90% open and the 10% that's unopened, it's kind of just like jittering back and forth as it's trying to close and reopen and close and reopen and close and reopen and close and reopen. So you said it's I dark in there, yeah? Uh, yes, it's dark. Okay, I'm going to slam my sort of, I'm going to like stomp my um, bionic leg and some little micro bots that are shedding little bits of light are going to flutter out and just kind of like cool. go into that empty room to sort of light it up a bit. So you're activating your nano lights. Yep. For those of you listening to the podcast, this is the cantrip, dancing lights. Uh, cool. So you uh, walk in, there is a series of uh, tables sat out for you know science to be done on. The equipment is stored in cupboards uh, to be taken out when needed. There's like two computers over at one wall, uh, and you are in dim light. I have dark vision, so yeah. like you I'm a okay. Yeah, you can see. So can we see from the door like where the hole was? Um, go ahead and roll a perception check. Okay. I'm less good at those. But the dice are on my side. That's a 19. 19? Yeah, uh, the, the hole is... So from the door, it would be to your far right, uh, the corner right at the edge by the hole. By the hull. Closer to the front mm. of the ship. The hull hole? Yeah. The hull hole. That's... Say that three times fast. Hello, 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 hello. See, you can't. Ah, uh-huh, there you go. Oh, ho, ho, I have the whole hole merger, so it it just <laughs> it just comes out real easy. Cool. Um, do we see any sort of signs of tracks or trails or anything? Go ahead, and uh, whoever wants to can roll an investigation check. I got a twenty. A twenty. Nice. Yeah, X, you sort of push forward and you're like, I got this, guys. And you look and you do see 
all along the floor. Filling the floor of this area, uh, coming from the hole, are these little, the hole on the floor. There, there's this, these are on the floor from the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Too many okay. oh sounds. Um, oh. oh, You see these little scratches. And with a 20, you can see a sort of a path between the ones that sort of go everywhere coming out the door. Should we bring some oil to a bowl near the hole hole? I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these tracks lead out the door. Lead out the door like where you're the door like that we just the door that you're standing at. Oh. Um and actually with a 20 you do see that the sort of control panel on the inside like where you're supposed to hit the button and it opens. It's sort of mangled and the wires are sort of like sparking as they're exposed. Hmm. Um, I won't put those in my mouth. Good. Good. I'll fix that yeah, later because I have Tinker Tools and Computer, but I think our most pressing concern is little scratch mark creatures. Yep. I'm I'm gonna start tracking them then. Cool. And just. And to spot with uh, with X's twenty, you fully see that they are making their way to the engine room. Oh That's gosh, they're trying to hijack the whole thing. Um. So I guess they're intelligent if they know where they're going, mm-hmm. or maybe they just eat like star engine fuel. Oh shoot! Yeah. Uh yeah, I let's head there. Cool. So you guys go into the engine room, and the closer you get, the sort of you hear the loud sounds of these engines just sort of running in the background. You walk in, and in the upper level of the engine room, there is just like a single one section of the engine, but to the side there's a ladder that takes you down to the lower level, and you do see these scratch marks all along the inside of this room and some leading through the door to the right to the computer room but a lot of them leading down that ladder which one do you think is worse computer room or engine room because engine room they can blow stuff up computer room they can shut this whole thing down well it seems like there's less going to computer room um so maybe I could just go to the computer room and y'all could go to engine room. You say that, watch it be like one giant claw centipede robot. <laughs> I'll I'll yell if uh if it's bigger than me, I'll yell. I think let's avoid splitting up for now, just because we don't know what kind of damage these things can do. And then Yes, sir. With a few in the engine room, we can probably smash those quick and then book it to or in the computer room. Smash those quick, book it to engine room, where it's gonna take longer. Let's do it. Let's just do yeah, that. Let's just do it. Cool. Let's let's kill this shit. You guys walk into the computer room and there's like a couple of server racks standing on tall, controlling a lot of the onboard systems of the computer and a central interface uh, that you can access. And you do see there is, like on that door, a big hunk taken out of some of these computers with the wires sort of sparking. And on the computer, you see it sort of flashing, incoming asteroids, incoming asteroids. Um, Yeah. But there are no creatures in the computer room. 
Alright, so when they like messed this shit up, I guess that's what triggered the alarm. Is there trails leading back out of the engine room or are these suckers in the computer? Uh there there's yeah, the trails sort of lead in and out, and most of them lead downstairs. And go ahead. Uh somebody that would know the ship well, uh, or thinks that with their backstory they would know uh yeah. ships roll a uh, intelligence check with proficiency. I'll do that. Cause well, I was gonna say, actually, I was gonna say I was yeah have X do it because he's got okay. proficiency with space vehicles. That's yeah, also cool. dope. Yeah. All right, I rolled a seventeen. Seventeen. Cool. So while uh, a lot of the uh, central computing stuff is done in this computer room, this is sort of the control interface, and some of the technical stuff does take place in the larger lower level engine room. So sh- should we run down there then? Let's run. Yeah. Sure. Before they blow shit up. Cool. You guys make your way down that ladder. And this engine room is swarming. Uh, There's the two stationary backup engines in the back and the main one in the front, uh, along with all sort of computing equipment and wires going along the walls. Uh, And there are these chitinous insects everywhere. They have uh, these dark blue hard shells but all along the shells are these sort of black like lightning shaped streaks uh instead of uh six legs they only have four but they have these very bitey insecty faces and they're just chewing on everything every so often you'll see one of them bites like a cable and a shot of electricity will go through it and it'll uh the blue lightning streaks or the black lightning streaks will light up in this pure blue and that one will look really happy and go and bite further onto it every time it does like there's a every time you see something like that happen there is a sort of jitter head of engine stuff are these bugs getting high on our engine sounds like it um well can I go ahead and have you uh just make a, a nature check it would be if you if you think you know them do you want me to if you want to lit i have a decent nature ah but a bad dice roll that's only an 11 11 well uh that's good enough these are actually a common space problem uh, typically a ship like the hammerhead has provisions in place but maybe because you were systems were on the low power mode they got in uh but these are kitari uh which is a type of uh a space bug that feeds off of electricity and will hop on various spacecraft and just find anything that will drain the battery and hmm. they can some of that energy. Well, I feed on uh, killing insects, so let me kill these guys. All right, so you turn and you ready your axe. They tur- A couple of them turn and look at you and they let out sort of insecty screeches and turn to charge you and that is where we're going to end episode one. Oh, ah. yeah <laughs> all right we 
We hope you enjoyed the first episode of Dungeons and Don't Worry About It. If you're interested in hearing more from us, you can follow us on all social media at DDWAI Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.